Paris Perspective. Welcome to this edition of Paris Perspective with me, David Coffey. And with less than 200 days to go before the French head to the polls to elect a new president, well, the hustings are not far away. Candidates from centre, right and left have thrown their hats in the ring, ending months of speculation as to who will step up to face down President Emmanuel Macron. However, the 15-year-old well, let's just say, idea of holding party primaries here in France that was more or less imported from America seems to have fallen into disarray. Now, to take a look at the policies and the personalities that we can look forward to seeing over the next six months and, indeed, uh, what the mood is in France uh, ahead of these 2022 presidential elections, I'm joined in studio by the author and political strategist uh, Gérald Olivier from the IPSE Institute. Gérald, it's great to have you on Paris Perspective today. Good morning. It's great to be here. Well, look... Let's start with a quick recap of this whole idea of holding party primaries uh, here in France. This started back in 2016. It's very much based on the American model, uh, imported to and designed to kind of, well, it was brought in really to kind of shake up the hegemony within parties of getting rid of the old guard and having new faces come to the fore that work very well in America. It was such things as the primaries that really brought Barack Obama out of obscurity into uh, becoming a front runner for the president presidency back in uh, 2008. But it, it featured heavily here in the last elections in 2017. There were open debates on TV, televised, and a lot of uh, brouhaha was always made in the run-up to these. But now in 2022, it appears that only the Greens are holding primaries and everybody else has pulled away. Why is that? Well, as you mentioned, uh, the, the idea was imported from the U.S. Mm. And in the U.S., there's a certain logic to the primary system because we're dealing with a 50-state country and a continent-sized country. You can't campaign everywhere at the same time. It takes a while to get there. And so you go state by state and you move on until you've covered the whole country. France is a lot smaller than the U.S., so there was not that geographic justification for the primary. It was a purely a political idea. And actually, it was a twofold idea. Uh, on one side, you have, we're going to bring the people back in right from the start. Uh, it's a more direct type of election. Number two, uh, they noticed that the U.S. primaries were generating tons of interest, tons of media coverage, and they were a way to sort out the issues and energize the base. So they thought, great, we're going to have primaries as well. But that's not what it turned out to be in France. It turned out to be a lot of infighting on TV. Uh, and... The candidate from the rather extreme part of the country, extreme wing of the party, would win, not the one with the more centrist idea, because uh, the people who take part in the primary tend to be from a more militant base, and as usual, the militants are more radical than the non-militants. And in the end, the parties ended up with the wrong candidate. And it, it, this happened across the board as well. This was not just between left and right. This was everywhere. Yes. All of the infighting basically were airing their dirty laundry, yeah. and it then it didn't stick with any new policies. Absolutely. And, and uh, unless you had a, a candidate um, capable of... Um, gathering the whole of the party behind him. Fillon, 
before he fell. He fell for other reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, but on the socialist side, uh, when Amon uh, became the candidate last time and, and beat Valls, you had that very situation where the more radical wing of the socialist party uh, has the candidate, and in the end, uh, Hamon uh, gets 6% of the vote, which, which is a, a complete disaster. Indeed, it was very it was very interesting. Just to recap for our, our listeners, um, um, Benoit Hamon faced off Manuel Valls, who was the prime minister, because Hollande just said, I'm not standing. This is because his popularity rating was so low. But what was interesting was that within his own party, Amon got 2.3 million votes, or over 2 million votes, and then when it came to the actual national vote, he only got 2.3 million across the board, only 6% of the electorate. So it was a complete disaster for everyone involved. So. The, the whole point of the presidential election is that the candidate has to be able to garner interest beyond the party. Mm -hmm. If he's not able to do that, he'll never make it to the second round, even less uh, to, to the Elysee. Now, let's have a look. Um, since, let's just say, the evaporation of the old-school political affiliations uh, between the centre-left and the centre-right, and one yeah. could say that that evaporated after 2017 with the Parti Socialiste, with Les Républicains yeah. and the downfall of Fillon. Now, is, is it right to say that pretty much all of France's political parties, possibly with the exception of Marine Le Pen's uh, national rally, they're all very weak. They have no, they're all vulnerable yeah. to the cohesive nature or the, the behemoth that is the Front National, a.k.a. the Rassemblement National. If, if, if you want to take a step back, um, I think that from 17 on, uh, we are witnessing a complete redrawing of the French political map. Mm. Macron imploded the left uh, five years ago. He destroyed the Socialist Party by taking all of that centrist wing and garnering the centrist from, from the right. He began uh, 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 demolishing the right as well. But um, in 2017, the, the, the left imploded, and I think what we're going to see in 2022 is the right imploding. And when I mean the right, I include Marine Le Pen. Uh, we may talk about him a little bit later on. I don't want to jump up in, in our discussion, but we'll talk about that new character called Eric Zemmour, which people from outside France may not know. Mm -hmm. There's a very high chance that he may run, and the one certainty that will happen if he runs is that the right will implode. And it's more than likely than the Républicain candidate, whoever it is, will end up in the same box as Hamon did five years ago. Sure. Now, indeed, the, the interesting thing is, um, you know, let's just look back to 2002 when there was a runoff between Jacques Chirac at the time and Jean-Marie Le Pen, that's yeah. uh, Marine's uh, father, who was the founding uh, father of the Front National. Now, um, basically, back then, uh, in 2002, uh, almost 20 years ago, people had to, across the board, had to bar bury their political divisions. They had to basically keep... Le Pen out of uh, the Elysee Palace. Uh, but let's just look again. People, the abstention rate back in 2002 was unprecedented. Yeah. We now see that the last two incumbent presidents have never been re-elected. Chirac was the last one to actually yeah. get a second election, but a lot of people in France said, we voted with a clothes peg on our nose. Yeah. Again, Emmanuel Macron, uh, he may have dissolved the left-wing vote here in France, and now he has guided um, Re La République en Marche very much into a slightly right-of-centre direction. But it hasn't established itself as a grassroots party. So is that something that we should be, that he, sh that he is aware of, that the grassroots aren't behind him, despite a popularity raising that is well over 40% at this stage? So we may have a very interesting situation. We'll have to see what happens after 
the presidential election. As, as you may know, and as your listeners should know, uh, France set up a new constitutional system a few years back where you now have a president elected for five years. And the parliamentary election comes right after the presidential election, before uh, the president would run for seven years and the, the, the deputies, the parliamentarians, would also be elected for seven years, but on a different timetable, mm-hmm. so that you would end up with what we call at some point cohabitation, where you had a president from one party and a, and a parliamentary majority from another, forcing the president to hire the prime minister from another party, which was the case when you had Mitterrand with Jacques Chirac sure, back in yes. the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. So to avoid that, they changed the system and they put the parliamentary elections after the presidential election, uh, believing that the parliament would be elected on the coattails of the president, which is exactly what happened in 2017. Emmanuel Macron did not have a party when he began. He built one up from from nowhere, called it En Marche, EM, just like his own initials, Emmanuel Macron, and got a huge majority. You didn't. <laughs> oh, it struck me right away. <laughs> en Marche is Emmanuel Macron. It's the two same letters. So um, in any case, uh, he got a, a, a huge majority uh, by destroying the left in, 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 in that uh, moment. Now, Emmanuel Macron is hugely unpopular. He remains the favorite for re-election, let's be honest, because he's, the French are very legitimist, as, as, as we say. Uh, uh, the incumbent has a huge advantage. So I don't see Emmanuel Macron not making it to the second round. It could be, but I believe that he will. He'll garner over 20% of the vote, and that will be enough. So there is a very high chance that he might be re-elected. However, let me just finish that one. Uh, during the parliamentary elections afterwards, he may not get a majority of the vote because En Marche has proved itself to be an extremely weak, ineffective and, and next to incompetent political organization. So that will be where there might be a surprise. And that indeed is where the, the Greens might be the kingmakers, seeing that they did so well in the uh, the, the, the European and the regional elections uh, there recently. If the, just, just quickly, sure. if the left... Uh, and by the left, I mean the socialist, uh, the Mélenchon's party, what is called La France Insoumise, which is mm. the more radical left, and the Greens. Mm. Those three, if, if those three were able to agree on one single candidate for the first round, they probably would have someone on the second round. They would make it. They'd get over uh, uh, 20%. Those three together. If they go each their separate way, n- n- neither one will be uh, there on the second round. And indeed, that was mooted by the uh, the Secretary-General of the uh, Socialist Party here, that the Greens are naturally a part of the Socialist Party. But then again, to join with, for the Greens to join with the Socialists, that's probably a poison chalice, you know? It's, you know, and who would be wearing the pants when Absolutely. it came to that union, that's, you know? The, the Greens are the more powerful at this stage. That's the problem with politics <laughs> these days. It's, who is it going to be? And another thing that is interesting that's uh, come across the radar recently is uh, Nicolas Sarkozy, who's lurking in the background, He's coming out, of course, with a new book himself that he's uh, publicising. But uh, uh, trying to get Sarko on your own political bandwagon seems like a bit of a key thing. He was out with Xavier Bertrand, who is the president of the Hauts-de-France region here in France, who is very much a front-runner for the right-wing ticket, even though he hasn't declared whether he will go with the old-school Les Républicains party or not just yet. He has totally refused to stand in front of any primaries within the party himself. But... 
he was up with uh, Macron in Calais. I oh, sorry, he was up with uh, Sarkozy uh, in Calais there recently. But Sarkozy said, "Oh, give him his own voice. Let him. Let you know. He's he's got my thumbs up." But there was no official backing. What if Sarkozy got behind Macron? They had a meeting on the 9th of September uh, this year, which is all very cordial. Macron knows how to play uh, Sarkozy's fiddles, despite all of the scandals that he is dogged down by. But if Sarkozy were to come out for Macron, could that also split the right wing vote? Well, uh, uh, did you did you say if Sarkozy would come for Macron? For Macron, absolutely. Yeah, because and, if, if if none of the other and, candidates for the right wing he feels will go through, yeah. he will back the winning horse. No, that's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. I, I I totally agree, and uh, I believe that if Sarkozy uh, comes out for anyone, it would be Macron. He's been behind behind him. Um, is is um, is a creature from the past. Sure. Let's let, let's be honest, mm. uh, but he still has influence. Uh, especially in, among a, a more traditional France. However, he was extremely disappointing as a president. Mm. Uh, he, he was the one responsible for his own downfall. Uh, the fact that he was not re-elected was entirely due to the way he ran his own presidency and how he did the opposite of what he said he would do. And, and, and even the French will punish a, 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 a president who is so... Uh, careless with his electors as to announce something and then once you get into power to do something completely different. So so um, Sarkozy committed political suicide by the way he ran France. He still has a nostalgic following and he would have some influence, but his influence would be one rather to uh, uh, further uh, lower the vote of the Republican Party, Les Républicains, uh, of whom Xavier Bertrand is very possible the candidate, and he would bring them down even further. And indeed, the big fear for everyone on the right, well, I mean, a lot of people, I think, uh, on all sides of the political spectrum, is indeed this person that you alluded to uh, earlier. And this is the polemicist, essayist, I don't know what the direct translation for uh, such a, uh, an entity would be in English, but this is Eric Zemmour, who has really, he has been ubiquitous on the airwaves here in France. He has been, he's been taken off CNews, which has chosen its chosen its political camp as kind of a right-wing mouthpiece in the run-up to the elections. But because he may present himself as a firebrand right-wing candidate for these elections, he has yet to declare he has the traditional far right, mm -hmm. and that is the, the national rally of Marine Le Pen, running scared. He mm -hmm. has everyone and those to the right of Les Républicains mm -hmm. running scared. Do you think that this guy will actually throw his hat in the ring and be uh, the agent provocateur that can bring the whole thing down? I'm convinced that he will, mm. and I believe that he's the most exciting uh, um, thing in this election. Uh, it's the whether thing, you agree with his politics or whether not. Whether you agree with him or not. Mm. Um, there is one, people call him the French Trump, mm. which is not true, because the two of them have really nothing in common, except that they are big media personalities. And you put Trump on TV, your ratings just go through the roof. Yeah. You put Zemmour on TV, your ratings go through Indeed. the roof. And right now, that's why the media loves him. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a journalist, is an intellectual, is uh, a great uh, uh, debater. He is extremely concise, he's extremely clear, he is able to put into perspective complex ideas and explain them in a way that someone who is not uh, into politics can understand, and that's the reason for his success. Is mm -hmm. As you said, he's been on TV for several years as a, a commentator, uh, nighttime shows, 
uh, entertainment shows, uh, serious shows, and he can adapt to all of that environment. He's a book writer and his books are bestsellers. So right now is a huge item on the scene. And yes, he can blow up the right. And the thing is, it, it, it would appear that um, no one knows how to handle him as a hot potato because the more indignant you become or the, anyone in front of him becomes, the more he feeds off it. He yeah. literally, he sucks out the vitriol and he grows stronger and he says, ah, this is what my position is and I am now being shut down. It's very Trumpist, though, in its way. Yeah. It's basically it's, fear, yeah. division and, you know... The it, other it, element which is very Trump in Zemmour is that uh, he's never changed his tone. Mm. He's never changed his tune. One uh, message. One message over the past 30 years. 30 years ago, he says, France is on the wrong track mm. and the right is not uh, 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 um, running the country with right-wing policies. The, the, the right claims to be from the right, but they follow left-wing policies and it's going to bring the country down. That's exactly what happened. So he's still on the same tune. And he can claim, as opposed to all those politicians, that he, he is uh, uh, true to his word. Marine Le Pen is not. Marine Le Pen, uh, the message of the National Front, now called the Rassemblement National, uh, has evolved over the years to try to fit the electorate. And instead of sticking to one point. point one point well now indeed um Gerald, we're running out of time here today too bad. but one too one bad. too bad but we can we can we can have you back i mean we've got we've got a good <laughs> six seven months ahead um to to look at um you know what will come out in the crystal ball but um you know we're talking about some more he's got one politics it's you know very polemic it's very much anti-migrant it's very much identity yes. politics that he's playing straight down the line that is hitting a nerve here within the far right and even the far left here yeah. in France. Um, but what can we expect? We've got a few, only a couple of minutes left. What can we expect from candidates' manifestos that will be massively different in the run-up to the elections? Be it from the left, the right, are we talking climate? Is it going to be geopolitics after the AUKUS affair? Is it going to be health because of the COVID? That's a very interesting point. That, where, that, are we going to, where is it going to lie? So far, we don't know. And that's the most interesting point. Mm. So far, it's a personality battle. Yeah. It's not a, a battle of ideas, except for Zemmour, as you mentioned. Zemmour has one, uh, the spine of his argument is anti-immigration, anti-Muslimification of France, Islamization of mm -hmm. France. That's his number one issue. That's his basis. Behind that is changing Europe because Europe is not working for France. So he, he has those, those that, that spine, which is very clear. For the rest, it's, it's unknown yet, and it's still a personality battle. I mm -hmm. think the ideas will come later. In, uh, unavoidably, um, ecology will be a, a major issue because it seems to be the one issue that motivates the more youthful electorate. Sure. And that's what all the politicians are after. But I'll have to come back to get into the details because the candidates themselves haven't gone into the details yet. Indeed, <laughs> we will find out when all the dust settles, when the candidates actually pick their choices, be it in uh, October for the Socialists, be it in December for the uh, Republicans. Republican. So let's just say we'll try and make a date for early uh, 2022 uh, ahead of the, uh, the main campaigning when it starts here. Uh, Gérald Olivier, political strategist and author from the IPSE Institute, thank you very much for being on Paris Perspective today. My pleasure, thank you. And thank you very much for tuning in to this edition of Paris Perspective. We'll be back in two weeks' time.